0: you guys haven't listened so you don't know but i typically start the episodes with a little cold open of just like little banter or like little small conversations so oh, that's if cute. anything funny is said before we get it all figured out it'll start the episode all
1: right i'll we'll, tr- right, we'll, we'll, try, to we'll try to be on <laughs> yeah i leave that to melissa anymore. no sorry no i don't
0: Hello and welcome to Burder, I Barely Know Her, the only burning podcast that records uh, right at midnight, apparently. I'm your host, Dewey Casti, along with my co-host, Jessica Cristiano. Uh, we should introduce our guests, so here with us, we have friend comedians, uh, Hannah Singer and Melissa Pang. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Dewey.
1: Hi, Dewey. Hi, Jess.
0: I instructed my guests to, uh, if they could, uh, be very polite. I instructed them very loosely to be like, hey, try to lean in the mic if you can. And they're really taking it very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) They're like little animatronics whenever they talk, leaning in the mic, leaning back out.
2: (laughs) We want to do a good podcast.
1: Uh, We are nothing if not good instruction followers.
0: (laughs) And we know what we love that about you. Uh, so speaking of following, ooh, sorry, uh, our, our our little podcasting pod that I went on a lunch at Chipotle, and I found in my pocket, which I forgot, I did the wrapper to my burrito.
1: Are uh, there so. captions? Because I didn't catch a
0: word <laughs> you just said. Didn't catch anything I said.
1: <laughs> I heard like <laughs> our podcast went on a little cha cha cumacha. Like I I don't cha cha It was some sort of gibberish
0: i mean i was i got i was mumbling i got vocal fry let me see i if, don't think
1: it's your fault i don't think it's your fault but that's speed of you to take t-
2: on the responsibility of that is the
0: teleprompter
2: hmm. so you can tell us what to say
0: i think that is what that is but i have to pay <laughs> extra money to get it so we're not let's see um i can't do it looks like i can't do that but i can do this oh i was trying to do <laughs> there's a there's a feature where you can do sound effects and i was supposed to be doing applause but it did not come through so ignore that <laughs> that's uh, sad
2: dewey
0: it is really fucked up
1: yeah uh
0: anyway thank you guys so much for coming on it's one of our latest recordings i think so apologies for that uh it's been a- it's my fault i <laughs> apologize I it's not your fault
1: i think it adds to the delirium it's, and the yeah. joy yes
0: yeah sure it's very exciting we all have no lives uh so uh we all know each other through ucla though hannah you're more of the glue because melissa you were like you came on the year after i graduated right what year did you start at ucla
2: i think that must be right i yeah went to one
1: oh no Hannah
0: shaking oh, her hannah's head well you're like, older than
2: me. i mean it to shenanigans melissa did join a
1: year oh
0: later. okay
2: however to
1: ucla okay,
2: yes thank you hannah's yeah. right hannah's absolutely right okay great i was class of 2019
0: i don't know what oh okay sure i was 2017 so yeah so we were there around the same time okay okay interesting also yeah so we <laughs> so we all know each other through ucla we all were part of the shenanigans comedy club uh so we i was uh one of the sketch heads when hannah came on and then hannah took over after us um so yes yeah, so we met through ucla so that's sort of how we got to know each other so hannah melissa how did you guys meet by the way was it through we
2: met through a mutual friend. Or we met for yeah. the first time through say Comedy and I thought Hannah yeah. was so cool and I wanted to be Hannah's friend so bad, that at <laughs> the time I was not able to like proactively make a new friend. I was sure. not. Which is crazy yet. because I thought Melissa was so impossibly
1: cool and funny <laughs> and wanted to be her friend. And it wasn't until maybe oh. two years later that we became besties after, after both graduating. Yeah. Mm-hmm was Hell really yeah. or it was near the end of my time at UCLA that we yeah yeah
2: I think it was connected. Like your end is near you.
1: Yes. And then we just discovered many similarities. Yeah. <laughs> that were hard to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> um yes. Still. Hell yeah. So
0: nice. That's it. awesome well between you guys you both um melissa you're from fremont and then hannah you're from wisconsin so between the two of you what is your history if any with birds and or birding Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. mine is nothing um (laughs) i've never been birding once i've never i've never really paid attention i never look up okay like at all
0: well, that was a big problem today in terms of neck injury. It really
1: did cause a problem in my neck, but...
2: You never use those muscles. Never.
1: Um, so, don't know birds. Never been birding. And, that, and that's it.
0: <laughs>
1: Clean. All right,
0: podcast <laughs> over. Thank yeah. you, guys.
2: Thanks. All right. Um, I had been birding a couple times before. Um, I had a friend get really into birding during the pandemic, so she took me a couple times. Um, Oh, nice. But I, yeah, but I really need to, I realize I only have fun when I go with someone who's more knowledgeable than I am. Sure. So today was fun, and it's fun to go with friends who bird. Yeah, Dewey, you're a walking bird
1: encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, it helps to be a huge nerd.
1: You have so much storage up there for birds.
0: (laughs) yeah and i was it's sleepy too impressive. so i forgot like half the shit so you guys are getting a watered down version
1: oh half i i i wouldn't have been able to absorb <laughs> anything more so yeah i'm glad we got that version
0: well we saw some like a weirder stuff than usual today we're in the midst of weird duck season but the one place we went to specifically had cool. some weird like domestic waterfowl that were kind of funky looking
1: mm, those were delightful
0: yeah um hell yeah well that's your guys' history with birds and or birding so we went on our birding trip today jess could you do us a favor and read off the list of birds we saw today
3: we saw african geese american coots mallards domestic ducks canada geese ring neck ducks american widgeons double crested cormorants uh black crowned night heron anna's hummingbirds allen hummingbirds red-tailed hawks uh merlin we saw a couple hybrid ducks with domestic duck hybrids And we heard an owl. We heard an
0: owl. <laughs> yeah, we heard and cornered an owl. So it was... <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So of those birds that we saw, did any of you guys really enjoy do you want to talk about?
2: Where to even begin? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to begin? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'll begin. I loved the ring-necked duck.
0: What'd you like about the ring-necked duck?
2: Very striking colors. Like, kind of car vibes. Kind of mini Cooper <laughs> vibes. <laughs> yeah. A sharp bird
0: sure
1: oh as opposed i i actually my answer is like more of a round bird because i tend to like the ducks the well yours no um what's the one the the one with the weird hump that's made for eating
0: (laughs) that was not a duck that was (laughs) the african goose the Uh, goose yeah
1: (laughs) which is very much a round bird yeah but um Uh, I liked that. one,
0: Melissa, when you say sharp, do you mean sharp as in pointy or like sharp as in like snazzy?
2: Sharp as in snazzy, like
1: clean okay. design. Oh,
0: like, yeah. whoa,
2: there might be a God because I can see because
0: oh. <laughs> I can see the argument for like round or sharp just because it has a round body, but its head is a little pointy. It's got a little bit of oh. a crest. It's got that big beak.
2: I love a crest.
0: covered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are
1: some uh, can i get an example of other crests on birds
0: so a lot of birds that have crests there's a lot of songbirds that have crests so like the vermilion flycatcher has a little crest cardinals famously have that big point on the top of their head uh there's quite a few got it cool so yeah so for listeners this is a very sharp bird and again we're not talking about you know points we're talking about the colors it's very it's a sleek black with like a little bit of like red sort of wine dark undertones throughout its body it's got um a big white belly it's belly is white it's got a little bit of gray on the back that blends in between the black and the um and the gray and it has um very striking yellow eyes like sort of like somehow both like sultry and evil they're very like eye of sauron like yellow Mm. eyes and then they have despite the fact that they're called ring neck the most striking and like pretty quick ring that you spot is on their beak they have a black beak with a sort of like bluish gray ring um, sort of halfway through dividing it, sort of like that turtleneck on an inchworm um, in terms of placement. And oh. um, the reason they're called the ringnecked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reason they're called ringnecked ducks is they have this sort of like auburn like sort of like whiskey colored ring on the back of their neck behind the shoulders that you can really only see when they're flying or really stretched out it's one of those cases that jess runs into a lot where men are really bad at naming birds especially based on color and appearance and it seems weird to me to not call it the ring billed duck or the ring beaked duck instead of uh the ring neck I mean, duck you know but a lot. How do i know I, I i know a decent amount i'm no i'm no ornithologist uh jess what do you think about the ring neck duck
3: i really thought they were very beautiful and the women, especially, look like <laughs> the women um, <laughs> really are beautiful. very tiny, very beautiful. They the ring is around the nose. Yeah. So yeah, the scientists were wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I like them a lot. We don't. We haven't seen them before. They're very cool.
0: And it's fun that we talk about the size of them. They are really tiny. Mallards are like pretty medium-sized. They're like the size of like a big domestic chicken or something. But these birds are tiny. They're like the size of like coots or grebes. They're really small. So you really do just want to go pick them up. They're cute. Yeah, we talk about how they're tiny. They actually are pretty small, and they get bullied a lot. Um, You know, larger ducks like loons or different sort of grebes will attack them, but there's another bird that attacks them called the Pied-Billed Grebe, which we've seen before and is the tiniest and cutest thing you've ever seen. I'm going to send it in the chat the pied-billed grebe and uh these are like the coots the pied-billed grebe has those lobed feet theirs are slightly different they look less like evil like uh blue pointy things and more like banana feet um but i'll send it in the chat right now
1: oh
0: so we can see That's this cute. thing it's, it's so cute. funny to look at this thing that looks like objectively a baby just attacking the shit out of a <laughs> ring duck and bullying it away from like food sources and stuff
1: what an asshole yeah Yeah, it looks like my cat Mushi.
0: So have you guys ever heard of a gizzard before?
1: Yeah, well, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard fame.
0: Oh, of course. Every time people say the name, I think that it's Lizard Izzard. I'm always thrown off by the wizard. But yes, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Lizard Izzard. Yeah,
1: yeah, that would. Sure. It's too many nouns to hang on to with the wizard added in there.
0: Sure. That band as a concept feels like one of those things where I woke up in another universe. Like some I woke up one day and everybody knew who that was and loved them and had an opinion on them. And I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about.
2: Yeah, it yeah. was it was sneaky. It was not yeah. telegraphed. It was not <laughs> televised. It was not
1: telegraphed or televised Yeah, at all. Their explosion onto the scene. And it's like, what year are they from? Yeah, I, I actually couldn't really tell you.
0: Are they like Prague folk? What's the? Uh...
1: Yeah, Prague folk. Prog okay. <laughs> folk. I don't know. Yeah. I one song
0: at past guest Alex's house, and that's. I'm uh... gonna throw
1: two words out that definitely aren't what they are, but lay it on a shoe graze rock.
0: <laughs> Shoegaze is like screamo metal, isn't
1: it? Shoe graze.
0: What is shoe graze?
1: King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
0: Okay, <laughs> great. Thank you for clarifying, Hannah. Anyway, so back to Gizzards. (laughs) So... These birds, what they'll do is, um, when they eat stuff like mollusks, so mollusks, like, have delicious meaty parts that are hidden within, like, really big, sharp um, shells. Mm -hmm. So they'll swallow these guys whole and then crush the shells in their gizzard. So the gizzard is basically it's a really extra muscular area of the throat. So while these guys are eating, they slowly pick up little bits of, like, shells or rocks or tiny pebbles. So all those little pieces get lodged in the gizzard and, in turn, when they get lodged in there, the combination of those sharp little bits and the, um, muscular like contractions create this mechanism that can crush and break down hard to digest pieces like bone and like shells so what they do wow. is they basically run the fucking shell through this little grinder and suddenly it makes it digestible so that they can eat the um, yummy insides without having to worry about choking or getting cut up on the big shells which is pretty cool so they eat them whole yeah So, like, there are some animals, like snails, they won't do this because the shells are, like, too strong and pointy, but specifically with mollusks, this is the way that they uh, go about it.
1: Can, Can babies have this ability right from the bat, or is it something they have to develop, like, humans developing the ability to chew...
0: All birds Food. are born with gizzards. I imagine it takes a while to get the stones and little bits in there. Um, a lot of birds do have different diets as children and adults, depending on what their bodies can handle and stuff. Like um, sage grouse, for example. They eat mostly sage grass, but that's super hard to digest, and the babies can't actually digest it. So until they're older, um, they feed mostly on bugs. And the opposite, the belted kingfish are one of my favorite birds, the opposite in that when they're babies, they have incredibly acidic stomach acid. So they don't even need to worry about their gizzards. They'll swallow bones whole and the acid will digest it. But as they get older, the acid mellows out and they have to spit out little pellets. So birds do, Aww. it's a good question. I'm glad you asked that, Hannah, because birds do have different digestive and dietary uh, dealios, depending on how old they are. Anna's hummingbird, one bird that we saw today, they'll stick their bill straight down. They'll bypass the throat. They'll drop it straight into the belly. <laughs> That's how long the little beaks injection. are. an <laughs> injection. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, so birds used- don't have a gag reflex.
0: I don't think so. So, uh, fellas, you might want to start dating a bird. <laughs> so Jess, know that Jess, was off screen, Jess was off screen dealing with the pizza. When I made that joke, she put a thumbs up back on the screen.
1: Uh, oh, I saw the Jess thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. that's perfectly timed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so birds, babies, and their diets through through development, through the lifespan. is yeah. quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look into more of that. If I learn more stuff, I'll edit it in there. Or I won't have time, and I'll just uh, keep all this in. But I only take stuff out if it's incorrect. So if we said anything wrong, I'll cut it out. But, uh, you know, cool. You get the idea.
1: Well, uh, we, we said things wrong about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Like, shoe grays isn't a word.
0: <laughs> well, but I don't give a shit about anybody who cares about that band. So sorry if you're if you're fans and listeners. I uh, don't respect you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a reason to be hostile i'm sure that it's a very nice band with great fans but uh yeah uh, i've i'm too old to care about it at this point i don't need to learn anything new Mm, Um,
1: yes at the rape age of 29
0: yeah 28 watch your fucking mouth
1: fuck sorry darn
0: (laughs) you know you can curse on here it's fine Oh cool. So these guys live in the water a lot of times they have old predators attacking them especially like aerial predators that come in from the sky and attack. So what they'll do is they'll dive and then find little cover so they'll dive underwater and either hide by being too deep for the predators to reach or they'll go underneath like little reeds and like little lily pads and stuff so hmm. they're smart little guys. That's
2: cute. This is the belted oh. kingfisher?
0: No 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 we're back to the, uh, the uh, ring ringneck duck or the ring yeah.
2: Oh cute. Cute,
1: cute, cute, cute. I'm I impressed with their diving that, abilities you know and their swimming, their flying and their diving abilities
0: yeah these are the original triathletes you
1: know, truly truly a feat of athleticism
0: <laughs> well they use their web feet to help them push down into the water so it works out. oh my god Jess has returned to the screen with her homemade pizza holy shit look at her go it looks so good
2: for the readers at home yeah. it looks yeah. really good
0: Jess, we were just we were just marveling over your homemade pizza that I heard, I heard it. it.
3: Um yeah, my oven door is almost falling off. Thank God.
0: Oh. oh. some <laughs> screw is loose. Seems like a bad thing to have.
3: <laughs> yeah, especially for someone who bakes as much as me. Yeah. Anyway, back yeah. to the, the birds.
0: Sorry. Back to the birds.
3: Back to the old birds.
1: I'm not realizing that when you you gave the uh, visual description of what Jess did. I was thought you were explaining it to us. And I was like, yeah, we saw the thumbs up. And now I feel like a, a dunce. So maybe edit that part and this, or keep it in for yeah. relatability.
0: I mean, it makes sense. I was explaining all the birds to so you. I should have explained everything to you, like your babies.
1: You, that would be a really I helpful doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: We'll change the course of the podcast. Let's explain everything. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, Can so you start I'll,
1: with, like... Uh, savings checkings and like roth
0: ira sure so roth ira um roth ira he was a guy he lived in new york (laughs) he was dating rachel ira but then they were on a break apparently then something got fucked up (laughs) or excuse me he was dating rachel uh topical uh, Ah. i've never seen that show i don't i don't know how it goes
1: that's oh yeah Robin i was really
0: I proud know. of myself for never seeing that show once everybody was like hey every joke is about like hey we're not gay and i was like yeah i'm really cool for never seeing it and then my favorite sitcom <laughs> that 70s show uh had its own share Ooh, of uh, not great no. in terms of one cast member and then every cast member who wrote a letter defending him not great
1: except for Topher grace Topher grace is safe <laughs> for, and we, yeah, i love that. Topher Topher. we love for that. Topher. for, for in, yeah
0: i want to talk to listeners i don't know if i've done this before about why ducks are waterproof so many listeners may know this, but I discussed this today with Hannah and Melissa because I just wrote an article about it. Um, I'll explain later in a moment uh, where I wrote that article. So ducks, they're waterproof. Uh, you spray water on them, it slides right off. That's where that expression like water off a duck's back or if you're a crass dad, water off a duck's ass comes from. So duck feathers are built in a very specific way in that there are microscopic barbules that link together on like a cellular level that form little chain links. And so when ducks um, preen themselves, they dig into their ureopal glands. How do I pronounce that? Ureo. Yeah. There's a gland on there that's spelled weird. I'm not European. gonna pronounce it. Sure. <laughs> Great. Yes. So they dig yeah. into their little gland, <laughs> and they in that gland there are oils they used to preen themselves. But these oils have two purposes. One it helps them clean themselves, two when that oil lands on these linked barbules, it forms a waterproof barrier that makes the ducks waterproof. So they're waterproof through continued preening and maintenance of their feathers.
1: I wonder if there's like a spectrum of how often, you know, in terms like, of laziness yeah, or Yeah, they're like deadbeat motivation. Yeah. yeah. Is that waterproof? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Or like they just have like kind of hygiene
0: issues. So a lot of animals at the intelligence level of ducks do a lot of behaviors impulsively rather than consciously.
1: Now, what are you saying about the intelligence levels of ducks?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying they're kind of dumb. So here's the thing. Yeah. Is that (laughs) most birds act almost entirely (laughs) on impulse. There are some birds that have been shown to have intelligent or complex thoughts. So specifically corvids
1: and octopi
0: or octopi, but those are are not ducks or birds, (laughs) 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 but yeah. So specifically like, um, scrub jays, for instance, um, so the, the acorn woodpecker is a bird that will um, impulsively hoard acorns. It'll hoard acorns all over the fucking place. They will fill trees with individual holes that are numbering as high as 50,000 little acorns just to keep them for the winter as a backup food supply. But scientists have studied them. It. It's not like they seem to be doing this because they have a concept of the future and think, oh, I'm going to be hungry later. I should pack these. They just have an impulsive need to fill these. Uh, scrub Jays have been recorded by scientists to have some sort of metacognition ability metacognition just means the ability to plan for and understand the future so they are able to they hoard acorns not because they compulsively need to they hoard them because in their brains they think i have been hungry before i may be hungry later therefore i need to hide these in case i am hungry later wow so there are birds that have different levels of complex thoughts that's the reason that i think there aren't really any lazy ducks because I don't think with duck intelligence there's really that much room for that sort of complex thought. It's more impulsive, wire uh, my brain says do this sort of shit. But it's a good thought. It's interesting. Yeah,
1: laziness implies there's a certain capacity that you're del- you're yeah. not reaching. Yeah. Super cool. So you know even about the metacognition of of birds.
0: Yeah. That one I know because I recently again wrote an article on scrub jays. But yeah, I know I know a little. I bit. I want to
1: hear that. I want to hear about that. I'll send. You, I'll send you the link. It'll go live. Need to have that too. No. I'll, I'll stop that? talking about crows. It's kind of. I don't know.
0: No crows are it's smart. It's the only bird crows, I happen to
1: know anything about.
0: Crows are corvids. They're. They're. I think they're smarter, or at least just as smart as scrub jays. So corvids are a big family of birds that includes includes jays like scrub jays and blue jays. and includes raven, the group crows, magpies, all those guys yeah so that's why i think there aren't any lazy ducks but who knows i could be wrong i'm not a scientist i'm just a play one on tv (laughs) Uh, any final thoughts on our friend the ring neck duck before we move on
2: is there an advantage to the ring around the beak the Mm. real ring
0: any sort of ring any sort of like weird coloration like that aren't birds typically has one of two advantages it's either it helps them camouflage or it helps them attract the mate. I don't know the one with the specific ring neck. I would guess it's sexual, because I don't know what it would really help them camouflage oh, with, yeah. <laughs> so it's probably just like a horny thing. But You've
2: seen that thing? <laughs> Anna knows exactly what the point is.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if the specific reason for it. I don't know if scientists do either. I'll have to look into that. But uh, Any other birds you guys remember you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I'd like to talk about the Anna. Okay, great. Yeah,
0: Anna's hummingbird. What do you like about Anna's hummingbird?
1: Pretty and fast.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we talked about it before they're fast as hell huh
1: just so fast like yeah like whip fast
0: yeah we talked about it before on episode 39 with paul heredia um check that out if you want to hear oh, okay really so listeners should go listen no, no.
1: to that and we shouldn't get into it okay. we
0: can still all, I'll change my answer. i
1: liked it because it was innovative Have <laughs> you talked about how innovative birds are before on this podcast
0: wait what do you mean it's innovative <laughs> <laughs> I was Why rushing.
2: don't you?
1: Tell oh, you mean because you
0: thought you were the first one to say it? Yeah, okay, that's fair.
2: Why don't you tell us what you haven't talked about yet on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and we'll change our opinions of the birds? Well, we can
0: still talk about. Th- there's stuff that I haven't covered in a while that listeners. Yeah, might but now we got to do better
2: than Paul. Yeah, as if I want to <laughs> perform at the level of
1: Paul.
0: <laughs> okay, let's not talk shit on Paul. Who's very nice to come on our podcast. I'm just and,
2: kidding. Uh, I'm sorry, Paul. I was intimidated to talk about the same aspects as paul <laughs> do you know paul from UCP? is that
0: paul. why you're-
2: i've seen him perform oh i don't know he's very okay. funny I'm-
0: <laughs> that's fine um so Sorry, actually paul. there's something i want to talk about with Anna's hummingbirds um, we talked about it before with previous guest nicole thurman but we haven't talked about it in a while so don't freak out um do you know how hummingbird tongues work do you know how they use this to suck up nectar
2: i had never mm-hmm. even considered that they had tongues so i'm already yeah i have heard tell
1: of a hummingbird tongue Because back earlier when I said I've never had any birding experience, it's kind of my parents at at home, in home of Madison, Wisconsin, have a hummingbird feeder. Yeah. Through this experience, I've heard something about a hummingbird tongue. What it was, can't tell you. Sure. So I'll let you.
0: So. For a while, scientists thought that hummingbird tongues worked like pumps where they sort of like have because the, they had these big capillary glands that sort of help with capillary action. Capillary, of course, just being like, you know, your um, heart system, the way they, like heart pumps through veins and stuff. So they thought they sucked them up like a pump and then like the like the uh, liquid came in their body through that way. Here's how it actually works. Those glands like they do suck up the um, nectar as they lick and like um, grab the um, nectar from the plants but the way that it's released that pump doesn't just like ship, like shoot it straight in their stomach. What happens is their tongue has specialized grooves within it. And those Mm -hmm. grooves, similar to a record player have matching grooves within the beak. (gasps) So as it drags the tongue across the beak, those grooves then stimulate the tongue to release the nectar and the hummingbird swallows it.
1: Shut up. It's like a lock and key.
0: Yeah. A really juicy lock and key. So
1: much of bird anatomy is lock and key, huh? yeah the other thing of course i'm referring to is the barbed wire
0: yes. penis which I is knew. actually maybe the opposite <laughs> i'm glad well, Hannah, like for a, a moment <laughs> i'm glad for a moment you pause thinking that we'd be having a nice discussion about the wings again <laughs> and then you bring it to the fucking penis also <laughs>
1: well also they have the a barbed auto-brain.
0: penis like a cat they have a corkscrew penis
1: <laughs> isn't it a barbed corkscrew I don't think there's barbed I Also, you're it. giving me new information that a cat penis is barbed. I, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, that's why that. cats and are always have, screaming when they
0: have sex. I have two uh, boys.
1: Two boy cats.
0: I gotta check if they have a barbed penis. Two. I, I spelled penis like peanut. That's not right. That's how I thought it was spelled when I was a kid. That's cute. <laughs> no, they... Okay, no, they do have spines on the base. And a soft that's and like brush-like Yuck.
2: Ooh. yucky kind of like the um
1: kind of like the swab in a pap smear
0: yeah Oof. yeah um, i will say that was specifically <laughs> the lake duck some ducks have either more spines left side spines softer spines it seems to be different but on average yeah there's little spines in there okay gross. i'll
2: take i'll take a soft spine on the base <laughs> and double-headed fluffy tip hannah what do you want what, what are my options um, he said there. some of them have more spines, some of them have less spines, some of them have hard spines, some of them have softer spines. Yeah. And then some of them have fluffy tip. I just made up my tip.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I definitely want, fl- like, fluffy tip. Did you say that too? Yeah. Yeah, and and the, if anything, soft spine. Soft spine. At, at, through, through. And Throughout? No. If it's an option to not have that. For sure, I'm taking that.
0: <laughs> the option uh, is to take nothing. Yeah, that's, that's possible.
1: Soft.
2: Because <laughs> so- like Hannah wants it really soft. I want, like, whole, whole, the whole thing. Hey, Dewey, soft. what do you want?
0: Uh, I'm going to pass on selecting a duck penis, but I appreciate you guys uh, bringing uh, your own to the podcast.
2: Fine. He's getting... Fabulous. He's so getting... Cards. fine. Sorry. What's
0: up? I'm getting what? <laughs> you're getting hard spine oh no i hate hard spine uh
2: <laughs> you should have specified
0: you wanted well, otherwise i want to choose it's uh it's like voting i guess you have to do it otherwise you get the worst option uh <laughs> yeah. anyway uh melissa what do you think about the anna's hummingbird
2: um the anna's hummingbird was the, one with the orange no that, that was, was Alan's. Alice.
0: yeah anna's was the pink guy
2: I loved Anna's. I gotta say, I'm Team Allen's. Whoa.
0: Wow. You're like one Sorry. of the weirdest people who saw the Barbie movie. You're Team Allen.
2: Yeah. Oh Aww. wait! But yes. Good take.
1: I'm also go. that Team
0: yeah, Allen. That's like, I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah, what you like about the Allen Tummy Bird, Melissa?
2: Um, I like that they were like so neon. Like if you look at them straight sure. on the orange. Yeah, the orange is so bright. And like when it's on a tree, it looks like a flower. Because it's so orange. I thought that was cool.
0: Sure. How do you, uh, Hannah and Melissa, so um, the bay's pretty cold. Melissa, Hannah, you're from Wisconsin, which is cold as hell. What is your guys' favorite ways to keep warm when it's cold? You guys like cocoa, Ooh. you like blankets, and Jess, if you want to chime in and <laughs> answers too, you're welcome to.
1: Yeah, I'm a big, uh, I, like a, I like a layer so you can remove and customize the number of layers you have. So mm. I like multiple thin layers, and I like, Okay. I like mittens or gloves.
3: Wow. I feel the opposite. I like a hot beverage.
0: Oh. Gesture the opposite?
3: I like one really big thick layer. I don't like the feeling of mm-hmm. a lot of layers on me. But I like mm. a big
1: fluffy Do you feel restricted by it or something?
0: Yeah. It's so easy to tangle them up and then you got to fix them all the time. I like a bunch of layers. I like to sleep like a lasagna.
3: I don't cold. I have comforter. I have my big knitted blanket. That's
0: it. Melissa, you said you were a hot beverage person?
2: I'm a hot beverage person. I want hot Are in my mouth.
0: <laughs> All right, so you want soft hot barb, soft mouth. or minimal barb, in soft my hot in your mouth.
2: Hot
1: in my mouth.
0: What is my that? My <laughs> hot
1: in if my mouth. If that's a real song, oh, you yeah. gotta stop or hot we're gonna get in taken out. <laughs> The thing is, it's an original. We made it oh, up. We right. made it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we will be suing the podcast if you use <laughs> it.
0: Great. Well, the reason that I ask about how we like to keep warm in the cool is that Alan's hummingbirds rely on their feet. So when it's super what? cold, mm. when they when it's super cold, t- they'll tuck their feet within them to help preserve heat. And when it's super hot, they'll mm. dangle them to keep cool.
3: <gasps> mm. <So.
0: Wow.
2: laughs> i wish i could do that i wish i could do that too
1: <laughs> are there other
0: <laughs> what's going on uh, yes are there other are there what, o- Anna? Are
1: there, <laughs> are there other body parts that are like that and so
0: i'm glad that you bring this up We talked about our episode with Jesse, which, um, depending on how long this episode takes to edit, will either be the most previous episode or two episodes ago. Um, But on our Valentine's Day special, we discussed this. So um, there are a lot of tropical birds like the red capped mannequin that during the cold, rainy season will shrink their gonads. And the reason they do this is it helps (laughs) them um, expend (laughs) less heat and er it it helps them expend (laughs) less energy to heat them up. So there are other body parts that do kind of work like that.
2: Cool. They shrink their gonads, so Mm -hmm. they A lot of birds actually do
0: that. Gonads typically do swell in birds during the breeding season, so it's typical for most birds, but they're one of the birds that specifically shrink them for energy expenditure. The other ones typically grow to help with breeding, get the breeding processes going, but
3: processes. Sorry, like how much how much energy did you say? Like why is it using so much energy?
0: I don't remember the exact percentage that they measured, but it's just, well, because it's like, imagine if like you had a third arm, your body is now slightly bigger. So you have to expend energy to heat that third arm. But if you were to move that third arm, now you don't have to, now you only have to heat two arms. I know that's a horrible analogy that I just came up with on the spot, but it's the same deal. So they just shrink them. So it's less body size that they have to warm up. Okay. Which I think is interesting cool. because there's that rule of evolution that the further you are from the equator, the bigger you are, because the idea is that when you're big it's easier to like maintain like keep all that heat together. So I don't know how that yeah. works scientifically, but that's yeah. what you can do. Yes, Jack. How many
3: calories do you think it takes to heat gonads? Mm. For, uh, like
0: per
2: hour. Mm. Per hour that's a good per answer. degree. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's it take to get into a balmy one oh five point six?
2: I
1: need a reference.
0: 165, I guess, is the parasite-killing one. Yeah, that's what it was.
2: 165. Fahrenheit?
0: If you're cooking chicken, yeah.
1: What? Yeah, so that's actually a rule established by, I think, the FDA to be a catch-all safe rule. But the actual temperature at which you have to cook chicken to be safe is a little more time dependent and it, the the 165 degree rule is yeah. for it, it's safe within 60 seconds once it reaches 165 degrees or like it's safe within like almost immediately but Whoa. the longer you cook chicken yeah. the lower the internal temperature can be Oh, as long as the internal stays at, say, 140 or so for long enough, it 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 just needs time at that temperature. And then it can produce more tender, juicy chicken.
0: Okay, well, come to Hannah's house if you want really delicious uh, chicken and a thousand tapeworms. It'll be really good.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and how do you feel, Dewey, about the eating of chicken?
0: Or ducks. Oh yeah, chickens, or, are, su- chickens are really dumb. I don't really care. They're they
1: are really dumb. They are really They're, dumb.
0: <laughs> there's nothing going on in there.
1: They are really dumb. I,
0: uh, yeah. Um, no, I don't mind eating birds. I wouldn't eat like a songbird. That feels perverse, but you know, I'll eat a, I'll eat a chicken or a duck. I love duck. It's delicious.
1: What, what birds have you seen in your birding that you were you're like I want to eat that
0: (laughs) well this is a complicated question that Jess has a lot of opinions about so Uh I don't think I've really seen a bird that looks supple and I want to devour but Jess has a thing where she sees a lot of color for birds that she wants to eat because they look like various candies fruits and ice cream oh
1: okay well that's interesting as a vegetarian because you're not thinking of the meat part you're thinking of
3: the yeah yeah, mostly yeah I just kind of want to I assume they taste like ice cream but I don't I know they don't but I want to find out Mm. um like orioles look really tasty and yes Mm. sometimes when i see a goose i am kind of like i bet that tastes good as as a as
0: a roast
1: like soft serve ice cream to me for the goose part but also yeah i think the the geese look succulent
0: well, normally, yeah, Jess thinks that she looks geese look succulent, but you did see the African goose today, who had his neck waddle and his big horn, and you freaked out at the idea of people eating him.
3: That doesn't look any more like like it doesn't look like. Well, you said it was made, it was bred for eating.
0: It was bred for eating, yeah.
3: And it just didn't. It would. It didn't seem like it had more like oomph <laughs> to it. It didn't really seem like it. It, it was. It would be tastier than, like,
0: a regular goose. Okay, well, yeah. I think the the diet of a goose that's living in a pond in the middle of the city I think is different than a goose living on a farm being fed corn every day. So I'm sure if you saw, like, a ready-to-eat African goose, it'd be nice and plump, but...
3: I also don't understand why they have to have the little thing, and then it was really <laughs> freaky to see them twist their neck around. Like, that was weird. Because there's a line down it, so you can clearly see where it's turning, unlike a regular goose. Anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so for listeners, what we're describing is the African goose. So if you've seen, like, a gray lag goose, um, you sort of get what this one looks like. It has those brown feathers with the white stripes um, at the tips. Um, It has that white body with a little bit of gray neck and chest. Where it differs significantly from the gray lag goose is its fucked up face. So it has, like, a giant (laughs) waddle. And the waddle is sort of just like this big, loose skin. It's sort of like a ghoul or sack that's like always inflated, but it's not really like full. It seems like very loose, very jiggly. And then on its beak, it has a big like um, carotenoid, like a carotenoid, that's a pigment, um, a big like whatever. Uh, what what is, what, is, what is it? Keloid. Not that. It's like, what is, what are bones? What is carcinoma? Karst- Cart- what are noses cartilage? made of? Cartilage. Cartilage. cartilage yeah, it has like this big, like cartilage, like looking, like bump on the top of its nose, yeah. um, which looks wild. So Google African goose if you get bored. They're really weird looking. But at the one place we went to, these there's a pair of African geese living on the pond, and they looked up uh, pretty wild. And these guys, I tried looking up facts about, but they're not really observed in the wild because they don't exist in the wild. They came from a different goose.
1: Whoa. The progenitor was they're a
0: different species. A so domestically they,
1: bred animal. Yeah.
0: They were originally they came from the swan goose, which is an Asian goose that lives in mostly Mongolia, China, and then like the farther east, like Siberia side of like Russia. Um, Not, of
1: course, to be confused with a swan
0: or a goose. That is correct. It is a goose. It is a type of goose, but it is called a swan goose for whatever. But um, the similar way to (laughs) that, the what
1: kind of like grape nut.
0: Sure, like a grape nut, but in the same way that an auroch became a cow, just the naming conventions. I'm saying yeah, the naming convention does not not make any
1: sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, but in the same way that the oroch became the cow as we know it, this goose became the uh, African goose, and so it became two species. It became the African goose, and then there's also the Chinese goose, which, or just (laughs) by the way. They look exactly the same, the African, and the Chinese for the most part. But in addition to be calling the African goose and the Chinese goose, they're also just called the African or the Chinese, which feels weird to <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> and people just know what kind of bird you're talking about.
0: If you if you like, yeah, if you tra if you traffic in domestic poultry, I'm sure you at least have a passing uh, association immediately. But yeah.
1: OK. Yeah. Like stuff? which communities can like like shorthand use the shorthand. <laughs>
0: i mean i don't know how popular these are as meat birds in the united states i think they're Mm -hmm. mostly used in china and asia especially because i I am not an expert on like asian cuisine but i think duck and goose is a lot more prominent in asian cuisine as opposed to like american stuff Um, um yeah americans are a big um cattle country more than a lot of other cultures specifically because of our big wide open ranges so like that's why um Brazil is also a huge cattle place because in like Chile and Argentina, they also have those big wide open ranges, um, Mm. which unfortunately is a direct result of genocide, which is not great. Uh, because there weren't other settlements there. Like there were in densely packed places like Europe and Asia. So it's all fucked up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, enough, enough genocide talk, uh, (laughs) given that's all we see on social media now because of our awful country we live in. Uh, anyway, back to the birds. Correct. So, This Allen's Hummingbird, I want to talk about them because they have a really elaborate courtship display. So we've talked before about the Anna's Hummingbird. They are the fastest bird on earth in their courtship display. When they do that dive, they go, you know, 60 miles an hour, which is like 300 something body lengths per second, making them faster than a fighter jet. We know this, it's old news. But the Allen's Hummingbird has a similarly um, complicated courtship display. So let me, so yeah, so they have two. They have the side to side and shuttle and then the pendulum. So. The shuttle display what they do is they fly side to side at incredibly short distances in front of their target which is usually you know a female that they want to mate with and they have a thing called a gorget so the gorget is the collection of shiny iridescent scales you see on their neck so they flare it out um to make it more visible so they have their gorget flared out and they trill their tail feathers they trill their wings so What's really cool about Alan's hummingbirds is that they make a specific trilling sound that's emitted by their feathers. It's the sound of their feathers <gasps> interacting <gasps> with the whooshing air as they go by. So Whoa. the way that it works is they have uh, multiple that's tail a feathers. So the middle one is the one that makes the noise. When the wind what? hits that middle tail feather, it produces <gasps> this noise. And then there's another tail feather that is the second from the outside. And that one Amplifies the noise, Uh, so the first one creates it. The second one acts as the amp that shoots it everywhere. So as they fly with their feathers like that, they make that noise. And what's really cool is this is only present in the males. So the males can use this can use this to woo mates. They can use it to scare off other males, but the females can't. So the females aren't as good at keeping territory because they can't scare off competitors with those noises. But it allows the females to act like spy infiltrators and get into other territory without being seen and steal food or like, or like nest materials so there's a trade-off there
1: wait so so the male they can't turn it off
0: the male can't control it yeah
1: does it make it more susceptible to predators
0: probably because every time i hear an allen's hummingbird fly by it's loud as fuck but i don't know specifically yeah. um whether the males are more predated um i'm not sure but
1: wow. Uh, wow
0: anyway so yeah so the first display is the penny when they go back or the um The first display was a side-to-side shuffle. They go side-to-side. The pendulum one's a little different. So for the pendulum, it's actually really impressive. I've seen this before. I've taken photos. What they do is they fly up like up to 100 feet in the air. And then similar to the Anna's Hummingbird doing their big, you know, um, G-force dive, they will return down um, at like super steep angles, their tail going wild with noise because of the speed just rushing wind through all that stuff. And yep. then right before they land, they'll fly up and then go in front of the female. And then they'll do that again. They'll dive multiple times, all the time, like landing right from the female and showing off as they dive back up, which is pretty mm. fun.
1: It is fun. <laughs> Dewey, I like all, <laughs> <laughs> all, all this talk. I have a question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. About birds overall. Sure. Is it is it that they are more sexually motivated than other species? Or is it just that their are ways of attracting others are more loud and observable to us because they're like using sounds. This
0: is a great question so again i'm not an ornithologist i don't have every single answer on animal stuff like that but i do know a couple things about the reasons behind bird courtship so first and foremost there are birds that are hornier than others so for example the the Anna's hummingbird that we talked about a lot they're horny as hell they have their courtship displays and they do those displays at everything they do them Damn. at other species of hummingbirds. They do them on birds as large as like cowbirds or like sparrows. Because in their oh. brain, the most important thing they can do is have sex and have a lot of sex. So in their mind, it is like- the benefit that they gain. Or let me, how do I phrase this? In their mind, because the loss that they get from courting the wrong species is basically nothing, but the loss they get from not courting the right species means they lose a chance to mate. Their brain is designed to think, well, I might as well mate with everything so that I have as many chances to mate as possible. Yeah. And the reason they do that is something called – so the reason they do that is something called R and K selection. So all animals are spread into two groups, R-selected animals and K-selected animals k selected animals focus on having fewer babies but making sure those babies are Mm. large or um are more likely to survive into adulthood so these are typically predators that do this so like bears mama bear have like two bears but she sticks with them the whole time she makes sure they grow up and become productive members of their uh, species whatever yeah our selected species are horny little freaks they have yeah. as many babies as possible because they could die at any moment. So the reason that a lot of birds are so horny is because they're so small. They're small. They're going to get preyed upon by anything. They can get killed by a bunch of shit. So in their brain design, it's, sex and mating is super high priority. So the reason that they are so horny, the reason we see so much courtship stuff is because they're small and they need to get laid a ton. Now, as the reason that stuff is so advanced, um, displays are so ornate – Birds are more colorful than we are. And not only are they more colorful, they see more colors than we do. So Ugh. the reason I know it sucks. Whoa. So when I mammals know. first evolved, they evolved it's at a time where dinosaurs ruled the fucking roost. So if you're a tiny little rat, mm. do you want to be around in the daytime when fucking T-Rexes and Triceratops and raptors are running around? Or do you want to be around <laughs> at night when they're all sleeping and you can run in the bushes, right? Yeah. So because they evolved to be nocturnal, there wasn't any reason for them to see a lot of different colors and light. So not only did the visibility of those light spectrums slowly disappear from their um, their biology through evolution, they mm-hmm. also lost the things that produce those colors. So they no longer have the same carotenoids mm-hmm. and stuff that a lot of birds have in their feathers that produce those colors or that mm-hmm. produce those colors. So that's why we're so bland and we can't see stuff
3: birds mm. on the other hand
0: they can see a bunch of shit they can see rainbows mm. they can see um, not rainbows but they can see ultraviolet light they can see so many different light spectrums so oh because they God. have that ability it's become a sort of secondary sex characteristic now oh. um the blue-footed booby for example because it's an extra thing that birds can use to attract mates they have displays that are built on color so like birds will like do a little yeah. dance you can see like their big colorful parts mm-hmm. um the reason that color is so important to a lot of these birds is A lot of these birds are colored through pigment. So pigment, we talked about it before, it's something that produces color based on the colors that it doesn't absorb. So if something is red, that means that it absorbs every color except for red and red is scattered away by it. So we see that red because it absorbs blue, it absorbs green, it absorbs yellow, but it doesn't absorb red. Mm. So pigment in birds is typically derived from the things that they eat. So if a bird sees another bird that is particularly bright, that means it's probably getting a lot of pigment from a lot of food. So blue-footed boobies, for example, the bluer the feet, scientists have studied this. The bluer that blue-footed foo- booby feet are, the more vital the, or the more viable their offspring because they're getting a lot of food. The blue on their feet comes from the different fish that they eat. So yeah. if you and the more blue of their feet is important in selecting them. Yeah, it's important in selecting a mate. So. Yeah. Um, When they see another blue footed booby with blue feet, they go, That husband's gonna feed my kids. I'm gonna have sex with that guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. His feet are so blue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So yeah, so all the different courtship things that birds do, a lot of the times it just shows off how well they'll feed themselves and feed their babies. Thank you for asking so many questions. This is the most into of the weeds I've ever gotten on this podcast. So thank you for not falling asleep. Oh, really? I feel like we're under delivering. Oh, no, 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 no. You were normally it's you guys talk about how you feel about the birds. Today it's just been me shouting facts. So thank you for letting me oh. teach you.
1: Yeah. I, oh, you're welcome. We love thank facts. Thank you.
0: We do. So I have one final thing on the Allen's hummingbird before we move on. Sure. So they have exceptionally long, not exceptionally long, but they have much longer breeding seasons than a lot of other birds. And their breeding Mm. process is pretty quick. So a Mm -hmm. lot of birds will have either one brood or sometimes as many as two broods in Mm -hmm. one breeding season. So a brood is just like one group that they, you know, they're kids basically. So one little family. Mm -hmm. But these guys will have up to five.
1: What? In one season? So they have Mm -hmm. like a bunch of half siblings. Yeah, and how do the siblings get along?
0: Well, they don't know each other. By the time that she has an ex, the next ah, three ones already left quick. the house. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: do the do the sibs do the half sibs ever get together? And then does that create inbreeding? Well, it's difficult. <laughs> so,
0: males yeah, do you the know Half siblings
1: be fucking. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. You know well, how
1: like we're more inclined to be
2: attracted to people like us.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, does that
2: apply to the half siblings? <laughs>
0: That's a good question I don't know about that Yeah I don't know so it's interesting with hummingbirds The males and females really interact Only when they're fighting or fucking So they interact when they're Fighting over like territory or When they they interact when they have sex But that's it sure
1: and I wonder I mean could you not say the same about Human nature
0: <laughs> Sure <laughs> Okay, it's a philosophy podcast.
1: Food for thought. But in terms of
0: the siblings getting along, I will say these guys are famously assholes and they're super territorial, so they'll fight off other hummingbirds constantly. So I don't think they get along. You know, I
1: kind of feel like that's just a trend amongst birds. They're not the most warm.
0: We've talked about it before. Nature breeds assholes. So it's more evolutionarily. Cows? Okay,
1: so here's the thing. Maybe it's that the non-assholes are the ones that are systematically victimized, like cows, because I don't think cows are assholes.
0: Well, cows and, aren't wild animals. They're bred to be docile.
1: Oh. There's like, Dewey with the reason. turned into cows. And
0: I'm sure aurochs were assholes. There's we with but, the
1: reason. Okay. Yeah. Bunnies, though?
0: I think bunnies are probably assholes. I think bunnies okay. fight.
1: Okay, to each other. Like, relative. Are
0: rabbits aggressive? Conspecific. Conspecific, I brought up before. That just means with... Other members of their species are conspecifics. Sure. Yeah, they're pretty aggressive.
1: Kind of seems like just an adaptive trait.
2: Point point, blank, period. I think bonobos aren't. Oh.
1: They
0: just want to have sex with each other.
2: Mm -hmm. Aww. They're like bonobos and chimpanzees are like almost exactly identical, but like the culture is different. So, like, chimpanzees will fight each other and like throw poop, (laughs) but bonobos will just fuck. That's delightful. Chimpanzees
0: you know why are that is?
2: horrifying. Why is it? Why?
0: They both came from the same ancestor, but there was uh-huh. a river that suddenly sprouted up in the middle of the territory <gasps> between the two different groups of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And one group became super mean and aggressive and fought each other all the time. And that was chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. Sure. And another group was super loving and sexual and community based. And that was bonobos. And so over time they developed into different species
2: wow what that's so beautiful how come one became one and the other became the other
0: there was so there's a really good no video more. that i can't remember that explained all of this Cousins and the involved? reveal that it was um chimpanzees and bonobos came at the very end as like a m night shamalan twist um but there were reasons i think that in the ones that got separated in the north had less food i'll get to you in a sec jess the ones in the north had less food and the, <laughs> the ones in the south had more food so i think it was scarcity versus whatever the fuck but i think that's why yes jess i'm sorry
3: what
0: I was gonna say. Fuck oh, was you. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. The next time just interject wow, raise your hand. I can't because the
3: talking. No, I know, but I don't
0: like... want that to inhibit you contributing in a meaningful way. So I don't want to fuck up your experience. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, we've been talking for a while. So Hannah and Melissa, did you guys have a favorite bird we saw today?
1: Weren't we just <laughs> wasn't that the... Well, we we're talking Weren't about we birds tired? we want to talk
0: about, but of those, did you have a favorite?
1: Oh, I, I think that is my answer. Um,
0: the, no, the let me let, ask
1: it again. <laughs> Wait, wh- hold on.
0: <laughs> How do
1: you want me to ask let let it this Let me review my time? notes. Yeah, we're reviewing our notes. Thank you so much for your patience and time.
3: You guys took notes?
2: A little. That's yep. so sweet. <laughs> we didn't talk about them, but I love the widgets. What us you like widgeons. about the widgets. Let's talk about the widgets.
0: What would you like about the American Wigeon?
2: Um, New Duck. Had never seen that duck before.
0: Yeah, that's a Weird Al song, by the way. I Need a New Duck. A uh, parody of I Need a New Drug.
1: You know how they say there's a Weird Al song for everything?
0: Yeah. I've never heard that <laughs> before, but I, I buy it.
2: <sighs> yeah.
0: Wait, so, what'd you, so aside from the New Duck, what else did you like about these guys?
2: I like how sleek the head looks. Um, they have like this race green racing stripe thing in general. I feel like most ducks look better than mallards. Mm. But maybe it's so desensitized to a mallard.
0: Mm. Sure. It's funny. You bring up their sleek face. So their bill is shorter than most ducks and it's actually advantageous. So because their bill is shorter, it allows them to exert more pressure and therefore they're really good at ripping up little plant roots and eating plant matter so because of that they have a higher diet of plant matter than a lot of other ducks
3: hmm mm.
2: hmm slay
0: yeah so then Hannah what was your favorite <laughs> we saw today
1: um I, I liked the Anna and I liked the um the first one we saw the goose <laughs> the, and
0: the I liked African the- goose
1: Yes, and I liked the um, toasted marshmallow. <gasps> she one. was lovely. She was oh, yes. lovely. What was we she? We saw
0: a beautiful lady, which was some sort of hybrid domestic goose with something else. So, er, um, <laughs> domestic, her domestic duck. Excuse me. So it was pretty fucking big. She's
1: almost salmon colored. Mm.
0: Yeah, she was like a rose gold, like iPhone. Yes, almost. she was very. She was beautiful. like
1: a rose gold. A rose gold. Very baby.
0: elegant. She yeah. was the only one of her kind. Nobody else was that color in the whole thing. So she good for striking. her. She was striking. She
2: was striking. Yes. Do you think she was like... Do you think she gets hit on all the time by all the ducks? Yeah. Um,
1: I think she gets hit on and I think she feels misunderstood
2: and lonely at the same
0: time. Well, I'm sure that the other females aren't nice to her because of all the attention she's getting as well.
2: Yeah, it's possible. Ducks are assholes. Ducks are assholes. Ducks are assholes. Ducks.
3: Who do you think she'll end up with? (laughs) I hope the African Goose.
0: Jess, do you have thoughts on who you think she'll end up with?
3: No. Maybe the cookies and cream one.
0: Oh, right. We saw I'm the cookies and cream one. that Oreo one, yes. The, yeah, and we saw the Black crown Night Aaron, yeah. Yes. There were a lot which of little misfits out there that were really Jess cool. Jess does looking.
1: really want to eat some of them, because that came up while we were birding, too. The what? Jess does want to eat some of them, because that came up while we were birding, oh, right. <laughs> too. It <which laughs> about the Oreo-flavored
0: Yeah, we talked duck. about getting milkshakes because of that duck.
1: <laughs> we did
0: which is like the milkshake duck tweet what you guys familiar no no There's a really great great tweet that talks about like um sort of how internet culture will find people and learn horrible things about them it's like
3: yeah uh,
0: march 1st everyone loves the new viral milkshake duck the duck who loves milkshakes april 2nd <laughs> we regret to inform you the milkshake duck is racist yeah it's sort of like how like we'll learn something about this one random person we'll build our hopes on them the next day it's like i just think they should self-separate it's like oh no
1: (laughs) right exactly i mean and but in that tweet it was also getting at something very true and real which is that ducks are assholes
0: sure good good uh really great commentary there hannah i appreciate Mm, that thank
1: you so much Yeah, I liked the African goose and I liked the pretty girl.
0: Okay. Real beauty and the beast.
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like when they're different and I like when they are themselves.
2: (laughs) And I like when they're brave. Okay. Yeah. Does that answer your question?
0: (laughs) Do we? i asked melissa for a favorite bird and i got one and then i asked hannah and i got the entire list so thank you hannah <laughs>
3: uh, i think i said three okay
0: hell yeah well jess did you have a favorite bird we saw today
3: um, i saw i like my favorite was a bird we didn't see and that was the owl but we tracked it yeah and that was really special
0: yeah. and powerful at the very end of our hike we wanted to see an owl because i kept hyping it up to hannah and melissa since we were birding so late today that we might see owls and uh, just as we were about to leave we heard one and we were able to triangulate it to one tree based on its calls. And then just before we could see it, a park ranger drove by with the windows down and yelled, Park's closing! Get out of here! Even though we had still had like 10 minutes before it closed.
3: But it gave us a nice little activity at the end. Dewey, what was your favorite?
0: My favorite was definitely that ring duck. It's a, like like Melissa said about the Widgeon. It's a new duck. I haven't seen one before. Mm. and They're so cute and new tiny. New duck for you?
1: Yeah, mm. I've never seen one before. It was a That's delightful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hell Yeah. Well, that brings us or to our plug-in. final segment, which is plugs. So, Oh, no, I forgot the Ooh. most important question. Hannah, Melissa, would you guys go birding again?
1: Uh, yeah. We, we would, would go, go birding, birding <laughs>
0: again. again. Please. Please. <laughs> Great. Glad to hear it. Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well then now that brings us to our final segment which I'm hoping you'll also do in unison uh, which is plugs. plug so do you two have anything to plug you, you
1: oh. <laughs> we both have things to plug uh, I'll plug my sketch shows which are uh, third Wednesdays of every month at the Pack theater at 9pm come see Behemoth usually sharing Ooh. the hour with Dinger it is a sketch show a live sketch show come <laughs> We will be doing a show this one, this coming Wednesday. I'm not sure if this episode will be released in time, but on the Ooh. 21st at 9 p.m.
0: Okay, at the, fact. At the fact that's actually the day this podcast comes out, so you guys better hurry and grab oh. tickets.
1: Hurry, 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 hurry,
2: hurry! This deal ends soon. Exactly a week after Hannah's show, now it's the fourth Wednesday of the month, and you're just in time Ooh. for Melissa's live sketch show. It's Lasers, which is a mod team, and it's UCB mod night, but the fourth Wednesday of every month and it's at nine PM at UCB Franklin.
0: Jess, you got anything to plug?
3: I I'm plugging um a comedy show that rocks at Nico's and Atwater. First and third Thursday of every month. So the next one is March seventh. So we got a little bit of time before then. Um lots of stand ups usually, some awesome, awesome people. All the time.
0: Maybe some past guests have performed on that that show Perhaps.
3: Yeah, we're actually like collecting <laughs> performers, like you yeah. do not believe. But Jamie Loftus was on the last show, Bogart and Bree have both been on. Um many podcasts podcast guests in in the audience as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> pretty say, good stuff. Like, there was a circle at the end of that show where it was uh I think five or six of our former guests were there. <laughs> It was awesome. And is there some sort, of, sort of Instagram that we can follow to keep track of that?
3: S- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that rocks comedy on Instagram.
0: Hell yeah. And again, or you, you can
3: look- you can check out the schedule on on Nico's website, which is nicosla.com. Also, great wine bar. What well, Nico's rocks.
0: Well, then I'm going to um, plug this podcast one more time, so I'm going to plug this podcast. So... If you're enjoying this podcast, if you're like, hey, this is pretty cool. I love this. uh, Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I know what you're thinking. Well, he's just saying that he doesn't really mean it. I fucking mean it. I can see how many of you are listening every week. And if you guys Mm -hmm. would just take the time to log in and add a little rating, it would help us quite a bit. Um, Help us pop Mm -hmm. up on the algorithm. Again, we're showing up in people search birding on these platforms. So the more you give us reviews, the higher we climb on those lists. we're going to go up, up, up. So please help this podcast um, and check out our website. So, For today, a lot of my sources came from allaboutbirds.com and um, Birds of the World, which are both websites that are run by the Cornell Institute. But when I was talking about the Anna's Hummingbird, that actually came from an original source to this podcast called the Birdapedia, which is launching right now. If you check out Birder, what's our fucking website called? (laughs) <laughs> if you check out birderbarelyknower.com and check out our birdapedia, you'll see a bunch of entries about different birds that we've seen on the podcast. These are painstakingly in depth so much so that over the course of the month that I spent working on them, I injured my back from sitting in a chair too much. That's how well researched and cited. These all are. citations are provided and there are links to different episodes. where you can learn more about these birds. So if you want to learn about birds like the acorn woodpecker, the American coot, the bald eagle, the belted kingfisher, green heron, gray blue heron, they're all on there. So check them out. Um, check those out, click on the website, you know, stuff like that. So again, if you want to learn more about birds or there's somebody in life who wants to learn more about birds, send them to our website. Have them check out the Birdopedia.
1: Agreed. Ditto. I I want to I want to just ditto your plug for the podcast. This is a great podcast. And oh, thank you, those Hannah. listening should support.
0: Yeah, and hopefully you'll listen one day. <laughs> And then one more plug. I want to plug my other podcast again. Past guests, um, Alex Wolfson and past guest Chelsea Lee are on a podcast with me called um, Small Town D&D. It's another D&D podcast, but unlike other D&D podcasts where they go on grand adventures and solve mysteries, we just focus on small town stuff like elections and budgets and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I play a character named Albert Penis. Um, (laughs) Come check it out. Well, Hannah, Melissa, thank you guys so much for coming on today.
1: Thank, thank, you thank you so you much for, for having us. us. This was so fun. Yes, truly. Thank you, Jess and Dewey.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to leave thank everybody you. with a...
1: Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> that one was hard today. My allergies are acting up.
1: That was pretty good. What was it? What's that?
0: We don't know. It's just a bird.
1: It's the Dewey. It's the, the dew-footed Deward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is.